When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar and as always I am your host and this week I'm your sole contributor. So uh, apologies if you don't like that but I'm telling you early so you know it's not like I'm forcing you to listen on the the, the grounds that later on someone will be coming along because they won't, it's just me. Because it's the summer of course and things are a little bit quieter with no match to discuss, roll on next season. Uh, I'm like a football junkie now, starting to get the shakes. But uh, yeah, I asked our chief execs over on Heart and Hand, uh, that's our top tier subscribers on Patreon, to send in some questions. And I'm just going to go through some of them. And, uh, you know, the, the stuff that maybe has been troubling them about last season, this season, just what was ever on their mind and see if I can answer. And hopefully I can. And uh, be very interested to hear what you think about this as well. So that's what the comments are for so let's get kicked off straight away uh ewan third uh, he says what do you think should be the minimum expectations for europe this season the minimum expectations for me for europe every season are group stage um of whatever competition that that we are in so we're in the champions league and i would like to to get there we've got the third and fourth round to progress through uh of course this year for I think the last time, if we get through the third round and get knocked out in the fourth, we go into the, the Europa League group stage and we get the, the, the £5 million. I can understand some fans saying that that's been quite an attractive option for them after what happened to us last year. Financially, you the Champions League can't be, can't be beat. You really do need to go pretty much all the way to earn Champions League money in there. And of course, you'll get better playing in it regularly. I know a lot of people were were pointing last season to Bruges and saying, "Well, look what they're doing on their budget." But they've been in it five of the last six years, and it is that experience uh, of going into it. It'd be nice to go into it with you know an actual team rather than the manager just basically having to cast around Docking Howie and, and see anyone that that was able to walk getting a game, um, which happened to us last year, just disastrous all in. 
But yeah, minimum group stage for Rangers every year is is group stage. We absolutely have to be group stage because you just can't make the money that you can in Europe, in Scotland. It simply isn't feasible. So that should be the the target for us there. Ross Sterling, what is your ideal summer window? Some people want wholesale changes, some want not as much. When we've lost five, probably losing Kamara and maybe two more. Do you think perhaps that on top of the two, potentially three with Butland done deals, there might be perhaps three or four bodies coming in? I can only go on, Ross, what Michael Beale said when he was asked, could it be as many as a dozen in and a dozen out? And he said, yeah, around about that figure. So I, I, I think Rangers will be, you know, there's three in already. Uh, I could certainly see us hitting double figures in that. And in terms of out, it obviously depends on on who comes in for players. But I don't think there's many there that are absolutely untouchable. We're not selling you. Uh, of that, I would say probably Tav, Goldson, Cantwell, Raskin are probably the only ones that spring to mind as, as you are nailed on for a first-team spot next season. Uh, I think the rest of it is is very fluid. So, yeah, for me, look, I'm a football fan. Went, oh, the signings, but <laughs> I want good ones. I think that's the key thing, getting in guys that manager likes, trusts, but that can do a job for him. He's off to a promising start, of course, with Cantwell and Raskin in terms of his transfer dealings. Uh, I think that the the club needs freshened on and off the park, and I'm delighted to see that it's happening, incidentally, because it's not just on the park. Um, I think Rangers did stagnate after we won 55. I think that it had been the holy grail for so many, for so long, that once we reached it, they just went, and then got overtaken while they were taking a breath. Uh, That's the thing. About you know that great old phrase, you need to stop and smell the flowers. Well, you do in life, but not so much in football life, unfortunately, because there's always somebody ready to, to run by you, and that's what happened to us. Um, and I think that a lot of the players who were at Rangers got stale, and I think that a lot of the players who were at Rangers, who maybe then could have taken an opportunity to go by those guys, didn't, and therefore we need to cut them as well. So in terms of the uh, squad players which is a term I don't really like. I think everyone who's there should at least be capable of, of coming into the side. We've too many guys that when they come into the side, you were like, oh, for good God, yeah, not him. And and they didn't produce. And we need guys who, who will produce. Even if you are only playing 10, 15 games a season, you've got to produce in those 10, 15 games to a certain level. And we weren't. And that's what hurt us last year. Uh, Fraser Doonan says not Rangers related is Shane alive uh, not seen him active on socials I'm having crow pod withdrawals that's for those of you who listen to our uh, Copeland Road org show uh, Shane who of course is the uh, the daddy of that show uh, yeah he's okay he's okay he's just um, taking a bit of time to himself at the moment but uh, yeah hopefully one day we'll get him back soon Fraser Richard McClucky do you know if players listen to the pods if so without naming names what some of the best worst comments you've had from the players or coaching staff current or past some of them do, some of them don't, and that's that's always been the case. There are guys who are, you know, right into all the coverage, that read all the papers, that want to know everything about how people rate them, and there's others that genuinely never, ever, ever read any of it, um, which is probably healthier, I would say. Uh, social media, the same. There are guys who, who read the comments, and there are guys who just most assuredly would not. Um, personally, I I would tend to think that you might be better off. Also, they can pick weeks. You know, if they listen to one of the shows after we have won five 0 and they've played brilliantly, then 
they're probably going to enjoy it more than if they had a stinker and we lost, or if we lost an old firm game or whatever. So it, it, it does depend on the individual. And uh, as I say, you know, generally speaking with the players, you tend to just get comments like, uh, uh, oh, I, I heard what you said about me the other week. I, um, and you get, you know, it depends on personality. Some of them will wind you up and others will just basically kind of, you know, didn't like that, that you said about me. But generally speaking, we, we try very hard and I think we mostly manage occasionally after maybe, you know, like a bad defeat, you might go on a rant. But we try to make the criticism of anybody fair and not an ad hominem attack. Like, I don't think I would be comfortable if we were coming on after a show and just throwing out insults against somebody. If they didn't play well, say they didn't play well and explain why and explain what you wanted from them and what they didn't do, you fail. Don't just come out and say, well, he's a fat waste of space. and yeah, That kind of thing is when you start getting into the what I call the Arsenal fan TV, come come laugh at our pain style of coverage. Um, who's the wee guy at Man United? Goldbridge, I think his name is, where you only ever see him because fans of other clubs are, are sharing it. And you can be very successful with that. You know, you can make a lot of money doing that. But we'll never do that. Um, we will never be a, a, a show that or a, a site that's come and laugh at us, you know, um, non-Rangers fans come and have a go at us, um, come and laugh at our pain, we will never do that, uh, as I say, it's 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 easy and it's lucrative and I'm sure somebody one day might, but it's, it's not going to be for us. Alan Ramsey, uh, what should Rangers as a club do to prevent Campwell or any other good players we have from being demonised in the media to the extent the myth created starts to affect refereeing decisions on the pitch? In general, how do we get a foothold back in the MSN or do we even want one? Look, it's been 25 years now um, of the MSN being particularly you know, controlled by one club. And Rangers have tried everything. They've tried being nice to them. They've tried being nasty to them. They've tried shutting them out. It, it doesn't change the coverage because if people fundamentally don't like you, they're not going to like you no matter what you do. If people you know support a different team, then fundamentally they're not going to be on your side. I think the MSN is... Uh, a, a bit of a dying industry. I don't think there's much doubt about that. But you still have obviously things like television, which isn't, and uh, that I think is is the thing that affects your decisions more. I think you just have to be upfront, and if you see this sort of thing, you've got to get out there and clamp it early. I think the manager, you know, the the the, the leaders at the club come out and be very supportive and basically call it out and say, look, we are aware of this, what's happening, and it is a campaign, and, you know, we know referees won't be... You, you turn it back on them. If the pressure's only coming from one side, then they'll buckle to that pressure. I think Scottish officials in general kind of go whichever way the wind is blowing, and if one side's blowing harder than the other, then that'll happen. Uh, but as I say, in terms of getting a foothold back in the MSA, I, I, I think it's changed now slightly as well, even from maybe 10 years ago, where these days... Coverage in the MSN is about shock value and clicks, and therefore they are going to write pieces that are designed to get a reaction from people. Um, and I think that, that sometimes we can be our own worst enemies for that sort of thing because someone will write a really negative piece about you know Rangers or whatever, and we share it all over the place. You know, people will will retweet it and click it to read it. A click from someone who agrees one hundred percent with the piece or hates it is still a click, and they still make money from it. So we need to box a bit cleverer. You need to deny them the the, the oxygen. And while we as a support still do that, 
it's not going to change. And in fact, it's going to get worse. That these days you don't really get journalism in Scotland. You get content harvesting, where it's just churn that story after story after story. Get clicks, get clicks, get clicks. It's kind of sad, but that that's what it's come to. Ian Henderson, do you think or know any inside story as to why the players went from being Europa finalists under Gio to the dismal performances in the first half of the season? Same manager, same players, very different team. Um, yeah, I think we've all got theories. You can only go on what you watched. And uh, I think that one of the things the players said a lot, um, kind of privately, was that they, they did like Gio and they did think that he was tactically in Europe absolutely brilliant. Thought he was brilliant at one-off games. But that domestically, they felt that they didn't have enough in terms of things like you know directness and you know, really pushing to to get victories, and that's why there was a lot of draws, a lot of silly performances. And footballers, when things aren't going well, and this is not just Rangers, they will look for an excuse. If you don't believe me, it was Sir Alex Ferguson who said that, and I think he knows a bit about football. Um, and. After a wee while, if they're not playing well, things to go with the manager, and and I think the fact you saw the instant upturn in results, and again, that's not just at Rangers when the new manager comes in, players sort of give up on a manager and think, right, well, you know, he he's no got it, um, we'll wait for the next guy, and it's the truest cliche I can imagine uh, uh, when you talk about that kind of level, which is that. The players can wait it out. They are not going to be sacked. The manager is going to be sacked and they can wait for the next guy coming in. Certainly, I think the pre-season wasn't good um, and I think the players felt they weren't fit enough and I think they'd been used to, to something before. I also think there was a fair bit of pining for what what had been there before. I think that that happens when a popular or at least a successful manager leaves a club that players kind of go, oh, right, new guy coming in. I'm sure you've had it in your work as well, where you've had a boss who you really liked and respect and they leave and someone comes in and even though the guy hasn't done anything wrong, you're just like, mm, really? You know, it's not how we did it before. Uh, and I think that, you know, we did things a different way was an attitude that, that went right across Rangers and held us back a little bit and hopefully that, that we're coming through it now. Uh, William Allison says when do you think we'll hear from John Bennett do you think in hindsight he regrets some of the comments made in his interview early last season for example saying this was the best Rangers team we had seen since he'd been there and do you think he will address that if he still believes that comment I'd be very concerned well William if he believes that comment um, what he, what's happening at Rangers right now I don't think tallies up with it <laughs> you know given the fact that that squad has been ripped apart um, players all leaving and new ones coming in so actions to me always speak louder than words I think we can have a tendency sometimes to take literally what people in football say that we shouldn't. Um, we need to remember that it's called PR for a reason. And it's it's a business. And of course they're going to try and present, especially when you need those players to go and do your turn. You're going to say things that you might not honestly believe in your heart of hearts, um, but you are going to come out and say it to try and you know, chivvy a response from them. And Michael Beale's done it a lot this season, maybe too much at times, but the, you can't come out and say, ah, they're useless when you need them for another 20 games. You can't come out and say, oh, we'll be changing everybody come the summer, let me tell you that right now, because they're just down tools. And I think John Bennett was trying to spark a reaction. He was trying to say that, look, these guys are, you know, good players. We really believe in them. We're just off a European final. You know, you could legitimately point to that. You can't now. 
the evidence for it isn't there. So I doubt very much he thinks that, and as I say, his actions certainly don't indicate it. In terms of hearing from him, I thought we might have by now. I think we certainly will soon. Um, I think that one of the things you'll note about Rangers over the next year, I think you can already see it with Bisgrove, is that the guys who are now in those positions are better communicators, more willing communicators than the guys who were there before. Um, you know, Douglas Parts didn't do interviews, full stop. Just didn't like them, so didn't do them. And that's never going to change. Um, and Stuart Robertson's natural, uh, I think, inclination is always to just, let's just keep our heads down, let's not go and add fuel to any particular fire or whatever. Um, and I, I think that became ingrained. And I do think that after Sydney, that a few of them got their fingers burned and then just decided, right, well, I'm not going near the fire anymore. Problem is, the fire's still raging and you've got to, you know, you can't ignore it. Um, and I think that both Bennett and Bisgrove are much more comfortable in terms of communicators, but also for the right reasons, they get that you need to do it. Because there's going to be a chat. It's Rangers Football Club. It never stops. There's always, always going to be discussion and there's always going to be agendas and there's always going to be stuff out there. And if you're not involved in it um, and you allow a vacuum to to be created, then it'll be filled. And it'll be filled with stuff that you might not agree with, but that's the reality of it. So you need to get the balance right. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some missteps, there always are, but uh, I think overall you'll definitely see an improvement in that area over the next year. Put it that way, if we're back here next year and we haven't, I, I would be quite surprised. Uh, Christopher Patterson, how do we balance giving new players time to settle with the fact, given the standard elsewhere in the league, any drop points are difficult to recover? Aye, that is a difficult one, Chris. I actually think we've been a bit too forgiving of it, and I'm bad for this, so I'm, I'm going to hold my hands up to this. I think that some players take a wee while to settle in. I think that's absolutely fair. But not all of them. And I think that we've been too willing in the past to go, oh, well, you know, we've signed six players, so we can't expect much of the six of them for a while. Yeah, we can, right? Not all of them. But some of them should hit the ground running. And I, again, go back, Raskin and Campwell, they hit the ground running. Good players should do it. Now, different types of personality. There'll be guys who come to Rangers and get overwhelmed. Um, and that happens and do take a while to settle in and understand what they want and that's fair but there should be a mix and our problem was it wasn't a mix it was far too many were coming and taking months and months so I, I wonder if we were a wee bit too forgiving of that culture and a wee bit it's kind of chicken and egg if you think that if you start off with the opinion of oh we're not going to see anything for these guys for six months or so don't be surprised that it takes them six months or so because you're saying to them don't worry about it. I think we need to say, guys, look, day one, man, in there and go for it. And if you're not, cool, we'll address that. But the expectation is that you will. So, no, you're absolutely correct there. And I think that it's about pushing people. Um, and again, I keep coming back to this word. Maybe we got a bit too comfy at the club in general. Nice place to be. Um, you know, Pep Guardiola earlier this season at Manchester City saying that about his players. They're too comfy. They're enjoying it too much. They're not hungry. Uh, he had a real go at them. And, of course, from there, you know, it prompted this amazing second half of the season that they've had. But yeah, um, I think we do need to be be very careful on that. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Stephen Johnson, from some fleeting appearances under Gerrard, despite looking like he has the ability, it's now been three managers that have given Lowry very limited game time. Even towards the end of the season, he's hardly featured. I know he had the sad passing of his mother and a few injuries, but he does seem to be again a bit out of the picture. Is the attitude right? And do we think it'll be a loan or fringes of the first team again next season? Um, I think it's getting to the, the stage now with Alex Lowry that, and a few others that you either need to be playing or you need to be going. And I don't mean he needs to be playing every single game, but he should be getting 20 to 30 appearances. And I kind of thought he would last year and injuries did hurt him, right? So first things first, I would give the boy a bit of a pass there because like most players connected with Rangers last year, he certainly didn't have a trouble-free year in terms of injuries. So, but... He does need to be pushing in and getting into the side now. In terms of youth, there's always that interesting debate about do we give young players enough of a chance? And I think you can make a case either way. My argument always is is football managers aren't going to leave somebody that they think can win them a game. It really is that simple because it's their job at the end of the day. And they're not going to leave somebody out for somebody that they don't think is as good a player because of whatever reason, you know, unless it's like a discipline thing and they'll have told us about that. So, yeah, I think it's a big year for him. I think he does need to push on, be a contributor. And as I say, it doesn't need to be every single match, but I would expect him to be getting, you know, 25, 30 first-team appearances next season. Otherwise, he needs to go, do you know what, for the good of my career, I'm 22 now, I've got to go and be playing somewhere. I don't want to be losing four or five years at the start of my career. But it also means when you're 26, 27, all the other guys your age have got 200 more games. They've got more experience. They know their way around the darker side of football, if you like, you know, the dark arts, the, the games. And shit. All this stuff that you pick up being a pro, um, I don't think that, that you have that. And it puts you right away at a disadvantage. So, yeah, big year ahead for the boy. And he's got the talent. So that's, that's half the battle. And hopefully he does come on because I, I think he could still be a big player for us. Okay, moving on to the next one. Gordon Miller, what realistically can Rangers do to address the abject failure to promote our game and attract the level of sponsorship funding that the current SFA, SPFL administration have miserably failed to do? We will fall behind the smaller, better-run European nations if we fail to address this. The uh, frustration for me is the quality of the game in this country is declining and Doncaster thinks he's doing a good job. What hope do, do we have here? I don't want to be particularly negative, Gordon, but we've just lamped ourselves into a TV deal to the end of the decade that's buttons is less in real terms than the one we've had before, and that's before you account for inflation. So there's that. Um, I don't know. Uh, The problem with Scottish football and the people who run it, and unfortunately the clubs who vote for it, is that they are great believers in some money's better than no money, and they don't want to risk the some money to go look for more. It really is that simple. That's why they took the Sky deal. Because it's guaranteed. They know who Sky are. They know they'll get the money. And therefore, they want to do that rather than go out and tender and maybe take a bid from a less well-established broadcaster. And really, that's that's the key thing. You, you know, the SFA have, have just appointed their first ever commercial director in 2023. I mean, what? Really? In 2023? 
Rangers can complain, but until the other clubs vote with them on that sort of thing, then there's very little that that they can do. And you know, you can try to build relationships, but you you can't change their established viewpoints. If they are panicking about not getting any money rather than going, we could get a bit more here, then there's not a lot you can do. And, and there's a tendency among us as fans to view everything through a, a Rangers and a Rangers v Celtic prism, which is understandable, but I don't think it's particularly accurate. Um, clubs vote for what they think is best for them. Clubs do not sit down and go, right, well, I vote this way because it's pro-Rangers or that way because it's pro-Celtic. It doesn't happen. I know we believe it does, but it doesn't. It, it, clubs go, what is the best for us? Um, what do we need? And I think in Scotland, because it's a very hand-to-mouth existence for a lot of clubs, that there is this, this fear, really, of it going tits up rather than maybe a, a positive mindset that says we can do better. Um, so... I don't know. That's the honest answer, and I don't want to to be too despondent on it. But until you can get the other clubs who have votes to go, no, hang on, you're right. We're we're underselling this, as opposed to, or oh, just shut up and take what's on offer and be grateful for it. It's not going to change. So sorry. I wish I could be a wee bit more optimistic there, but I'm not. Um, and also there are. Guys at the top, you mentioned one there, that have vested interests in maintaining the status quo and they'll fight tooth and nail to do that. And Gordon also says, a cheeky second question. Do we need to pick whether we can compete in Europe or domestically? It seems we need a team for the different competitions given a number of factors like refereeing, over-physicality, etc. This is the age-old question. Martin asked it on Dominant, the excellent series, which is running as well if you listen to the free shows. It's running every week. Uh, ran on Patreon last year. And he, he's going back to Sunis. Graham Sunis asked that question. You know, do I build a team for Europe? Do I build because it's it's a different league? And it is a strange, quirky little league that we have uh, in, in Scotland that requires a certain mindset. And we've seen it over the last five years, really, with Rangers teams that, that quite often were, were doing so well in Europe and not doing what you would expect to, to correlate into league form. And that has been an issue. You could argue that it's happened to, to Celtic as well. They've been excellent domestically, unfortunately for us, but a joke, really, in Europe. So it's it's about getting the balance right, and maybe for a year or two, yeah, we do need to focus on domestically, but then the argument comes in, of course, which is, well, hold on a minute here, you know, to, to do well domestically, the catch-22 is you need to be getting into European competitions and making the money. So... It's it's something that you do need to balance. But Rangers, first and foremost, I think should always start the season with building a team that can win a title and move it, move it on from there. I think that's got to be the priority. It certainly has to be the priority this season. David Clapperton, two questions in one, really. Just done the Ibrox tour not so long ago and was amazed to learn that the players don't get the full tour in history of the club as a matter of course whilst in signing talks or just after signing. Surely doing this would be a massive selling point and a great way to educate new recruits and even their families on the history and traditions of the club. I mean, just imagine for talk's sake, one of the brilliant tour guides accompanied by Graham Soonis, Ali McCoy, Brian Loudrop or Ronald DeBoer taking a potential new signing into the trophy room and giving them the full experience. In my opinion, it's where do I sign stuff? Which leads me on to my other question, do we make enough use of our former players and legends in official capacities. On the first thing, you're not going to get a prospective new signing to do that, to be honest. They're just, if you say to them, and by the way, we've got a full tour organised, they're going to tell you to piss off. Um, you don't really meet players until late in the day, you know, the agents handle most of it. 
So I don't think that'll happen. But I would certainly be in favour of you know the start of the summer, for example, or so the end of the summer as you're getting into the season to say to the say we've signed eight new players, right, lads? Wednesday afternoon you're all going to Ibrox and you're getting the tour and you're going through it. So, I mean, I can certainly see the benefits in that just to, to help open their eyes to, to what they've joined and, the, you know, the great history of the club. Um, in terms of using ex-players, uh, I think, you know, we could use them in the media a little bit more than we do uh, because we tend to... Our players tend to be quite independent, whereas our ex-players, I mean, whereas if you look at Celtic's ex-players, they tore the line and the reason they tore the line incidentally is that it's it's very open from Celtic if you don't then you're not doing club functions you're not doing any club events you know you, you're not going to be for the more lucrative side of it you just will not be considered which is why when Celtic want a story promulgated they pick up phone three or four ex-players you know the ones they're all in the media uh, they're also the guys who not coincidentally are at the dinners and you know presenting things and whatnot so um there's a recompense there there's a financial recompense and, and we don't really do that uh, question is you know do you want to do that but i think that there's a kind of moral thing with a lot of our ex-players which is no I'm, I'm not going to do that i'm going to just give you my opinion as it is so you know we we could certainly you know tap into guys um to a reasonable degree you know brian loudrup is not going to be fa- flying over from denmark you know every month for something at Rangers, he's just not. You can use him occasionally for things, um, but it's not going to be all the time. Graham Souness has already indicated this summer that he wants to help out where he can. I think an ambassadorial role um, would be ideal. You know, he's he's got such a large profile that that's something you could use. Um, Ali, I think, does talk us up in all his his media appearances. Really, um, I think that, that he's somebody that is you know known for being very positive and proactive on us. So I, I'm sure there's also other players who could who could have other skills and, and could use. So it's it's definitely something to look at. Uh, Alistair Simpson, where is Ganny? Any pod are bringing back the quiz pod? I don't know, Alistair, is the, the honest answer there. Um, and, and we should bring it back because uh, the, the first year we ran the, the Rangers quiz on the, the site, I won. So there you go. Uh, just thought I'd get that in there. Uh, Graham Roy, will we see a return of uh, the Crow Pod? Have you had any? Well, I mentioned that. Have you had any murmurs about how the players really felt under Geo? Uh, I get the, the players now look more relaxed and they're playing better now. They have some freedom. Yeah, tactically, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think the players did enjoy that. Um, I think they did enjoy the 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 way that Bill plays uh, a little bit more. Uh, I think that. I think there was a disconnect between what Gio wanted them to do and their understanding of what Gio wanted them to do. And that's why it looked so often like a bit of a shapeless mess. I don't think that's unfair. Um, we did see it a lot. Well, the, I didn't always get the impression that the players fully understood quite what his philosophy was. I, I don't think he ever articulated it to, to us as fans either properly i mean i asked him one time about his philosophy you know what what's it supposed to be after a defeat and he said well we're a possession-based team who play attacking football and i'm like well everybody says that's you know that's the modern game but how are we to put that in place uh and i don't think that the players quite understood that either cameron mckiver do you think we need to recruit a director of football head of football operations and what do you think the signing strategy should be in the longer term 
I think that we need to... That's a very good question. I like the way you've put that. A director of football slash head of football operations. Um, I think that a head of football operations is something you need. You need somebody to keep on top of things like the academy, which has been underperforming, in my opinion. You need somebody to keep on top of the medical side, which I think needs overhauled at the club. You need somebody to, to keep on top of contracts and to you know negotiate the contracts. You don't want Michael Beale out there negotiating with agents on behalf of the club. He's, he's too busy. He's got too much to do at Ibrox, too much football stuff to do. So there is a heavy administrative and managerial capacity in that role, as opposed to the more traditional one that we might expect of going out there and selecting players. And I think that needs done. Um, so no, I agree with you. Uh, I think that there's there's too much now for a manager to go and do. This is not the eighties, you know, where a manager goes and sees a player much he wanting two grand a week. We'll give you fifteen hundred. We'll settle at seventeen fifty. That's it's not that anymore. So you need somebody who can do that, who has the time to do that. Um, in terms of our recruitment strategy, as we're seeing, it can change because if you get it right, then you just you add in. Uh, if you get it wrong, you've got to do what we're doing this summer, which is go out there and buy uh, a lot of players at once. And not all of these players will work out. It's just a fact. It's just the way that recruitment goes. I think we maybe got a little bit too caught up in can we sign guys and turn them into a resale value and, and make profits on them. I think our head got turned a little bit by the Bassey thing. I mean, that's Nirvana, but it's not going to happen every single time. You need to get players that can play for you, first and foremost. That can do your turn. And you can see, for example, Matondo. And I'm not saying, by for all I know, Matondo have come good in the brilliant season and I'm not picking on him. But why did we sign Rabi Matondo, a guy who played on the left, to play on the right, right, where he never looked comfortable? Uh, we did it because he'd gone in his career already for 11 million. He was available for three. So you think, right, we're buying... Uh, hopefully an undervalued asset, we'll get them playing again and then we'll sell them for a, a lot of money. And that's a good thing to have in your mindset, but it shouldn't be the overriding feeling. You shouldn't be turning down players who were better suited to play the role for us because you felt that long-term there was more potential. Uh, that, that to me is like picking a horse with bigger odds because you'll get more money back for it. I, I just think you need to get the balance a bit better than we've got it recently. Tommy, any insight into what the board's view is of Castor? Are we holding our nose to see out the contract or do you expect us to renew with them after our agreement ends in May 2025? Board love Castor. Castor, pay Rangers the amount of money that they say they're going to pay them the day that they say they're going to pay them. They are very reliable um, as a partner for the club. I would be, you know, I mean, if, if Nike or Adidas come in and offer us a fortune, that's a different thing entirely, but I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Rangers uh, re-upped with Castor. No. Um, and again, you know, as fans, we'll say, oh, well, I don't like this and I don't like that. I don't... It's a business. And for Rangers, it's Castor as a partner have been very little hassle because Castor will say, right, we we expect to sell this many strips and if we do, you get this much and it'll be payable then and it arrives in the bank the day that they, they say it will. And Rangers can rely on that. So, yeah, wouldn't surprise me uh, if Rangers re-upped with them. Um, with a bit of free time over the summer, any chance of you and Adam bringing back the music show? Always a good listening would give me some different bands to check out. Yes, I think you might be onto something there, so keep your ears peeled for that one. 
Brian Ray, hi David, were you aware of any murmurings about the underperformance of Ross Wilson from the board before his exit? Amazingly, he strolled into an EPL job after making a total arse out of the job at our club. I've heard from a good source that his decision to shake up the medical department contributed massively to our injury crisis, demoting the best physio at the club for starters. Um, It's... A lot of people are leaving Rangers and the statements all say they've decided to move on. And that's because he got another job, absolutely. I just find it difficult to believe that it's all coincidental that they're all suddenly looking for these new opportunities now at the same time. I, I just find that a bit too coincidental. I think John Bennett looked at stuff at the club. Um, I think that... Because that, John Bennett, it wasn't just Douglas Park said, right, by the way, I'm away. And the next day, John Bennett became the chairman. It had been planned for a while. And I'm sure many of you heard the rumours, I know this from, from speaking to you at the live shows and stuff, that a lot of you heard the rumours in October. And I think that John Bennett used that time to go round the club and go, right, okay, how's this working? How do we do this here? Could, you know, could we look at other ways of doing it? And I think that the results of his findings are what we are seeing now. Um, you, you had guys that would defend Wilson to the hilt. You absolutely did within the board, and you had other guys who looked at it and went, hmm, you know, what about this? No sure about that. Um, and I think that there is a there was a sense of drift at Rangers, and there were a sense of a lot of people who had been there a bit too long, and were all comfy and comfy with each other, and that's how they worked. And I mean, I, you know, I've been saying on here, uh, I think from a bit November that I thought Wilson should go. And there were people at the club. Like, how can you say that Ross is doing a great job? And I'm like, well, how? Explain it. Tell me, rather than just saying Ross is doing a good job. Here's why I think, and I accept I'm on the outside and I don't see everything. But here is a fan. It's why I think he's doing a bad job. And I would list medical department, academy, uh, poor signings, etc. Like, okay, tell me why I'm wrong. And other than just a vague, oh, you know, he does a lot of work that you don't see. What? Tell me what's so valuable that it trumps piss poor recruitment and a medical department that's laughable. Tell me. And they couldn't. And he's no longer there now. Now, he'll say, but I left because Forrest came calling. Sometimes timing in life works out well for everybody. Robert, if Beale loses the first Old Firm game, do you think he makes it past Christmas? Ah, you never know. It depends circumstances. If he loses the first Old Firm game and we end up you know, eight points clear regardless, then of course he does. So it, it just depends on the circumstances of it. Uh, he'll be under pressure because it's at Ibrox. So we're expecting to win it anyway. Uh, and that might just be a wee quirk of the fixture calendar that works out for us this year, the, the first one at our ground. Because, you know, I think especially in this limited away support era, that it, it's a huge advantage being at home. So, yeah, uh, especially if... Celtic as it looks like we'll have a, a, a new manager um, uh, John McMillan will heart and hand continue to be a media partner with Rangers next year this is a bit of a myth now um, that I think it's perpetrated by people in the mainstream media that don't understand it um, Rangers don't do media partner things anymore it was only for the one year um, we'll continue to be a sponsor and a partner of the club we'll continue to put money into the club we've put something like 100 and I think 115 grand into Rangers over the last five years and we'll continue to do that and and be a sponsor and uh, be a commercial partner of the club but the term media partner doesn't exist anymore in terms of will we still be 
you know, attending the media and the pressure, yeah, I would imagine so, unless Rangers change their mind and decide that, no, we're, you know, not letting you in. Um, but I would be surprised about that as well. I don't think that's going to happen. So, yeah. Damien Stubbs. It's a close call between the two. Uh, as I know, his ability to deflect any reasonably interesting question is very good. So here goes. Uh, your car was already a big talking point among some of the support in your time as commercial director. Can we expect to see an upgrade befitting of your new role? I assume this is Bisgrove, right? Um... Uh, there have been allegations in the past that you would sell your granny for a sponsorship deal. Would you consider selling members of your family to make gains for the club? Uh, you're welcome, David. Thank you, Damien. Um, well, it, it, it it's me that's here. Um, would I sell my granny to make money for Rangers? Uh, well, she's no longer with us, so I don't think we'd get much. And uh, I, I did get confused with your car because I can't drive. I'm one of these, like, I, I am a driven person. I don't. Yeah, I've never learned. So I know some of you go, what, David? How can you be your age and never learn to drive? I lived in the city and I was an alcoholic. So driving, bad idea. And now I'm too old to learn. So it's that simple. Um, I'm very much lifted and laid and, you know, taxis and stuff. So, yeah, not going to change. Um, and also that's why when guys say to me about cars, they're like, look at this car. And I'll go, wow. And I've no fucking idea what I'm supposed to be impressed about. Um, it's blue. That that's sort of my knowledge of cars, really. Uh, yeah, I'm the last person to speak to them about them. Uh, Doogie, just for fun, what would the Heartland Eleven consist of? Who would play where? Oh Christ, I've no idea. Uh, well, not the sportiest. But actually, that's unfair. Some of us aren't the sportiest bunch. Some of us are. There's a lot of guys that that play fives. Cami plays five religiously. Kev plays five religiously. Um, uh, Strider um, plays. Uh, there, there's there's loads of Laura. Uh, Laura Clark is very sporty. Uh, Laura Lothian's very very sporty as well. So uh, that that's unfair of me to say that um, because I'm a broken down husk of a human um, with my litany of back problems and stuff. I don't do much in terms of um, sport unless Olympic sitting is ever considered to be a thing. I'm very good at that. But, uh, you know, in my in my heyday, back when uh, I used to play, I used to play for my university team, uh, mainly the seconds, I admit, but occasionally for the, 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 the first, um, I was what you might call a, these days would be a number 10, a sort of Hadji style number 10, and that I was a very good passer of the ball. I could finish, actually. I was a good finisher. Um, not quick. Not quick. And I don't think I've ever knowingly headed the ball. I had hair back then, I didn't want it must. Um, John Smith, in terms of the way our club is run, how would you feel about implementing that money ball statistical data style of recruiting players? Uh, they do do that. Every club does it now. Every club does it. You can get, even you and me as laymen, um, you can get stats just instantly. You sign up to one of these these websites and you can get any site, uh, stats you can imagine. Um, Adam is on one um, through Heartland and... Uh, I'll say to him, you know, give me some just fun stats from it, and he'll go, it's amazing the stuff they come up with, right? Uh, it really is. Everything is noted and monitored and checked, um, throw in distances and stuff, you know? Uh, so, yeah, every club does it to a degree these days. Um, I can't think of any club, really, major club that doesn't doesn't use that data. 
Stuart McKee, do you think Rangers should go the Brentford route with their youth teams? Is that a sustainable model given the pressure of making it at Rangers and there are no transitional years for players to bed in, even when it comes to selling players on? The teams in Scotland couldn't afford to pay a reasonable fee for our players that we deem not good enough for our first team, so we have to release them to allow them to get clubs. Second point, I know you don't like to talk about them, but how does Celtic's record successes, uh, recent successes rank in Scottish football history? You've watched Scottish football now for a bit longer than me, and I don't know where it where else should rank. I always caveat, but is that fair? If you don't want to answer a second, but I completely understand. No, you know, you can't take it away from me. You can only win what's what's there to be won. Um, I'm a Rangers fan, and I'm not going to view it in uh, a positive light. I'm not even going to attempt to. But, you know, from their point of view, clearly winning a title when Rangers aren't in the league isn't as valuable as winning one when they are. That's just a fact. But that's not anything they could do. What they they meant to go, right, we're not going to win it this year because Rangers aren't in it. Um, The last five years, our success has been remarkable because we should have been better and we haven't been. And that's on us. And that's kind of how I look at it. Um, Fair play to them. You know, I'm not going to praise them for it because it's them. But, you know, that that's on us. We've underperformed and we need to get that right. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you, you, you achieve something, you, you earn the right to boast about it. And we haven't earned enough of that right to do that. So until that changes, then it's on us. Um, and in terms of the youth team, Rangers just will not accept the team of youth players who are losing. That simple, as fans. So, well, I, I don't think we're ever going to go a route where there's... At the start of the season, the manager comes in and says, right, we've got six players from the youth and they're going to come in and they're going to play the season regardless and we're just going to see how we go because we think long-term these are our players for us. It's never going to happen. The demands at Rangers are too much. John Buckin, what's wrong with our youth policy? Is there too big a gap between Lowland League and the Premiership? Would it be better to have a close relationship with a feeder club if B teams are not allowed to be promoted? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Lowland League is good in terms of giving the guys regular football in a competitive league, but we're kidding ourselves if we think that that standard means that guys can go straight from there to the first team because they can't unless they're exceptional and we haven't had enough exceptional guys coming through um it's it, it's non-league you know are rangers going to be signing players from that league no of course not why not because the standard isn't high enough so it's good um personally i would i would limit it that it needs to be only guys at like 18 can play in it and then afterwards they need to either be going out and loan or pushing for the first team and I think we need to be kind of setting deadlines with guys about 21, 22 outfield players anyway saying if you've not made it at Rangers by then you'll need to go by all means stick a buyback clause in and you know all that kind of stuff but we need to be moving guys we're underperforming at youth level and I'm sick of hearing Nathan Parson because this is something that you know, maybe people, again, to go back to Ross Wilson and Stuart Robertson, that they didn't get. They would go, oh, the youth system's working because look at Nathan Parson. I'm a fan. We didn't get much from Nathan Parson. Brilliant player, but he barely played for us. So, yeah, we got this money, which is great, but did that money then go and recruit players that lead to success? No. So Nathan Parson's not really a thing for me. It's good for you. It's good your job. You did your job fine there. 
But it, what does it lead to? Right? What is if we get a young player who comes through and he plays 100 games for us, that's a different thing entirely, right? And, you know, the club might say, well, but we only sold him for 2 million as opposed to, you know, 16. Great, but I'm a fan. So maybe I judge it in different ways. But, yeah, I, I think we're underperforming. I don't care if Rangers, I'll be honest here, I don't care if Rangers B win the Lowland League for the next 10 years running. If we haven't produced any first-team players in that time, we've failed. It's that simple. So that I I think there needs to be a bit of a change of focus there about what the B team exists to do. Um, Scott Wilson, uh, Scott Watson, sorry, Morelos leaves Rangers after six seasons with goal return in the league of 14, 18, 12, 12, 11, and 11. We sometimes talk about his contribution at 55 in season 2021. He scored three goals in his first uh, in the first 20 league fixtures. Numbers are not everything, but is there any way to say that this level of output can be considered acceptable for a main striker? Is it coincidental that the only season we won the league with us is when we had a genuinely consistent goal scorer roof available for most of the season? No, it's not. Um, the fact we had Roof and Hadji contributing. Rangers front line for the last few years haven't scored enough goals. End of story. Um, Alfie, because he was asked to do a lot more than just be a, you know an out-and-out goal scorer, I, I do cut a bit of slack too. Because, as I say, he was asked to occupy defenders and whatnot. And one of the reasons why Roof did score... Uh, so many goals that season was that we had different different ways of playing, uh, and Alfie enabled that. But no, I I agree. I think you know we we will always compare ourselves to the other side of the city, and simply because that's what's successful at the moment, and the numbers don't add up, and it's not coincidental. Rangers don't get enough goals from the wide areas from our strikers, and that needs to be addressed this summer. James McSween, do you think going forward our youth policy should be one season in the Lowland of showing promise and one season alone in the Championship and then up to the SPFL? Yeah, I think we do need to look at something like that. Uh, Ross McCormack, is there ever a song that you hear and you just associate it with us? Sitting in a Sunday beer garden and the style council shout to the top, come on, just takes me back to five in a row. Other one from, uh, that was Marseille Velodrome, uh, the Hately Jump. Oh yeah, um, Going Gets Tough by Billy Ocean was on the Rangers video, was it four in a row? And any time I hear that, I just see the, you know, the helicopter shot of Ibrox going over. So that that's one that, that certainly sticks with me. And then just on a personal note, there are certain songs that, that stick with me because I associate with them. Um, the 55 season, the first day that I was going into Ibrox um, for a match, I had my headphones on, I was, I was walking up to the ground, and uh, a song called Close Action by Big Country came on. And being a stupidly superstitious fellow, we won that day, so I would play it on the walk up to Ibrox every match that season. And of course, we won every game um, at, at Ibrox that, that, that league season. So that, whenever I hear that song, it, it, it brings back memories of that for me. Um, Alistair, do you think realistically the club should be setting itself up for domestic dominance and therefore uh, a likely Champions League money pot every year? Over recent season, we seem to have tried to set the team up for both and ended up being good at neither. If you look at the other side of the city, they seem to understand this and view Europe as a pure bonus. Ironically, they end up with more Europa money from CL as we do from the Europa. Yeah, it's fair. I think we had to establish ourselves back as a club. And look, some of the European nights we've had in the last five years have been as good and better than anything I'd ever experienced. So I wouldn't trade them. You know, you have to be aiming to be good at both. But Rangers' priority for the next wee while is definitely, is definitely, for me anyway, um, about winning 
trophies in domestically. Ryan Lynch, been watching the playoffs up here down south and realising several teams have long ball specialists at throw-ins, given the amount of attacks we have and often getting throw-ins in the opposition half. Should we look for someone who fits the profile we need but can do this also? Our goals from set pieces have been better under Beal and it could be an additional option. I I think that's a a, a philosophical thing with coaches. Um, Some coaches don't like long throws because statistically you give the ball away more often than, than you don't. But you could argue the same at corner. Equally, that's why a lot of clubs like short corners rather than playing the ball directly in. So it's kind of like that. It's a philosophical thing on behalf of the coaching staff. I wish we'd be better at throw-ins. The amount of times that we get a throw-in, I sort of look away for a second, look back up, and the ball's with the opposition. It's like, for fuck's sake, you know? So um, I remember laughing when I read that Liverpool have a throw-in coach. Now, I'd pay for him to do a day a week at Auchinhowie, never mind the club doing it. Um, Rob Whiteford, against good teams will we play 3-5-2? I ask because we played two attacking fullbacks who can't tackle when you don't know most of the ball hasn't worked this season. Quite often during matches in the last you know six months, Rangers have gone to a three. It's one of the reasons why Bill likes Lundstrom because he can drop in and Rangers have done it in matches. So I think we will be a wee bit more tactically flexible there, yeah. Um, Andrew Simpson, uh, as there are plenty of questions however, here is a non-footy question. I listened to all the History Boys pods, they were amazing by the way. I particularly loved the Watergate ones. Now I know they were incompetent, but have you watched White House Plumbers? If so, what is your opinion of it? Where Liddy and Hunt is absolutely useless and such bumbling idiom as the programme makes out. Uh, would you ever consider doing a pod review on the White House Plumbers programme? It'd be fascinating to get your take on it. Cheers, Andy. Uh, first of all, they're playing it for laughs, so you know there will be comedic, but yes, Hunt and Liddy were comedic figures, particularly Liddy, who is like something out of a a, a Mel Brooks movie. Uh, he really was an absolute, genuine, bona fide nutter. And uh, yeah, um, so they're exaggerating bits of it, but not by much. You know, they really were that bad. So yeah, and uh, yeah, I think it is something that we'll definitely look at in the, the close season. Um... Moving on then, um, hi David, do you think it'll be a case of Davies out and Trusty in? Also, if we get our money back in Cholat, would you sell? Just seen the manager's comments on Roof, hip-hop and moving family up here, mate, he thinks it's going to be planned for the year. Uh, firstly, I, I do think if an offer comes in for Davis, he'll go, yes. Trusty, I don't know, I haven't seen enough of him to, to make a comment on that, but I do think that if um, a, a good offer comes in from Davies, it will suit everybody, player, club, um, I don't think anyone there would be arguing against that. And in terms of Cholak, I just don't think the manager fancies him. I just don't think the manager sees that type of player as somebody that he he wants around. So um, he's under contract, so he can stay and fight for his place if he so wish, and he does like it here, so he might not go, but it, it wouldn't surprise me. James Curran, Edmiston House looks great and the new sports bar replacing the old shop's a great start. I believe all the vacant space is a wasted opportunity to make a real fan village and generate as much money as possible, not only in match days to help the club. If you get any thoughts on what you would like to see next or any mention of the board shared their vision, uh, the end game for Ibrox is in the wider geographical uh, stadium footprint. Well, you know, we are kind of locked in on bits of it. They do want to develop it, but again, the balance is about any development costs money. And yeah, you know, you can point and say, well, ah, but it will generate more money. It will generate more money longer term. And, you know, first line when we were playing New Edmonton House, I made a joke when we, we went on stage. I said, uh, you, you like it in here? Because this is the reason we never won the league last year. And, you know, it's a joke, but it's it's true. Money goes into these things at the start. And 
people complain, especially if the team aren't being successful. The board tried to do it right after we'd won the title and everybody was happy, but you know, then when you don't, so there's always the demands at Rangers. So we are kind of hemmed in by that slightly. The you know, you're, you're trying to kind of fix the roof. The, the old phrase, you should do it when the sun is shining, but then what happens if it suddenly starts to rain? And that is kind of what happened to us. Um, Davy Stewart, I've been seeing a lot of uh, rumours around the potential signing of uh, Hadji Wright for around £7 million. Obviously, it would split into instalments, but can you share any truth on this, David? Um, I, I don't know if he's the guy, but I do expect Rangers to, to spend... Rangers' biggest spend this season on an individual player will be a forward. I've got no doubt about that. So, yeah. Um, uh, Jock McAndrews, should we get Neil McAndrew to model next season's strip? I don't know if she's still in the modelling game, to be honest, Jock. That's a blast from the past. Um, Fox, what's the biggest off-field change you'd like to see happen this coming season? I'd like Rangers to make me the match day announcer. Um, I probably wouldn't get past the first Celtic game, but I'll pay my own bail money. And, you know, I, I won't cause any problems. I won't implicate anyone else when I'm on trial. So I don't see the, I don't see the reason why not. Um... Uh, final question then for today. Thank you for another fabulous season of shows. What, in your opinion, are the minimum requirements needed before next season? Good players. Lots of them. Who are committed and hungry and understand that we're a demanding bunch and we're never going to stop and you can win 20 games in a row and you lose the 21st and we will be right up your ass about it and that's just the way it is. But if you get it right, then you will be treated as a god for the rest of your life. Not a bad offer, really, is it? Anyway, thank you so much for listening to me today, folks. Uh, I'll be back throughout the summer here on uh, Heart and Hand Podcast. We will always have shows going out. Uh, Cammy and Stevie Clifford of Heart and Hand and Four Lads of Dream um, will be doing their season review. That'll be coming at you the next couple of weeks. And, of course, Martin is here every week with Dominant. So football might take a break in the summer, but Heart and Hand doesn't. And, of course, full daily coverage, anything that's happening in terms of transfers, rumours, all of that, all addressed over on Heart and Hand and plenty of great historical stuff as well. So go to patreon.com forward slash Heart and Hand. It's only one ninety nine per month, uh, less than the price of a pint these days. Uh, do you know it's a fiver for a pint? I haven't drank for 14 years, so I, I was shocked to see that it's like £6 for a pint. These days, um, I'd be... Yeah, I'd be like Robespierre leading a revolution against brewery prices if, that, if I'd still been on the bevy. But anyway, thank you to the executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. Thank you to all of you, uh, chief execs, for submitting questions. And thank you to all of you for just listening to us. Um, we don't lose sight of the fact that otherwise it's just a middle-aged man sitting here talking to himself. And I really do appreciate any of you giving your time up to do that. So thank you. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye, everyone. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.